another word of prayer. Almighty God, we just thank you that you are God alone and there is none like you. We surrender, Lord, to your word and to your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray, Lord, let it be all of you, Lord, and none of me to preach your word to your people that we might see Jesus and know your peace. We pray. Amen. You can join me in the gospel according to John, the 15th chapter. I'm sorry, 14th chapter. Looking at verses 25 to 27 as we continue on looking at the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace, is where we're going to be today. Looking at the fruit of the Spirit. Gospel according to John, 14th chapter. I'll be reading from the New Living. A translation reading uh, those verses of 25 to 27. Those are able to stand in honor of God's words, you are, please do so. Uh, New Living Translation reads this way I am telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Amen. Praise God for his word. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. Help me announce the subject matter to your neighbor. Tell them peace. Amen. 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 Make sure you know you don't leave anybody out. Tell your other neighbor. Tell them peace. Amen. Amen. When you think about peace and, you know, we have indefinitely in slang, we use peace for different ones. I hold up the deuces, peace out. You know, I'm out, Audi 5000. You know, but back in the 60s and 70s, peace, love, and happiness do, groovy. All right. But it's amazing how peace has different connotations and denotations, but yet here in the Bible, I want to highlight that when it speaks of peace, it's basically giving us not only necessarily a sense of rest and relaxation, but also showing us a status of our life with Christ. When, when someone says peace, and, and our vernacular sometimes is telling you, like, what's up? Like, peace, like, what's up? But here, when Jesus says, I give you peace, He's saying that I'm giving you rest. I'm, I'm, I'm removing trials and tribulations of sin and guilt and shame from your life. Now you'll have peace with your heart and your mind. You'll have peace with God and yourself. I'm removing hostility. I'm removing enmity. I am removing war so that you might have peace. Let's think about what this Bible is telling us about peace is think about how when you're at your job, anybody have one of those jobs that you just couldn't wait to get out of that job because they, was, they were getting on your nerves. Everything, every time you got one assignment done, another assignment came. Uh, you went out from one meeting to another meeting just to have another meeting, and they canceled that meeting to reschedule it on another day that you had no meeting, but now you got another meeting. You're, you're just having so much time of stress and trouble that you can't wait till you can get out that job, or you might be looking ahead for that 15-minute smoker's break, or you're looking forward for that half an hour lunch just that you might get some peace. 
to get some rest, get some quiet away from the, from the, the repetition of work over and over again. And here it is that Jesus letting know that I am giving you peace what the world doesn't give. Because the world, when it gives us peace, think about it. When it says peace in the world, right, it means basically there's no more war. But yet even when there's no war, those countries are still at war. Think about, think about how, how there's no maybe war on the war front on the land, but yet they still say stop building those weapons. Lower the prices of the oil. All kinds of circumstances showing that if you don't do what we ask you to do, we might, you know, have to go over there and break this peace treaty that we have. But yet, I want to highlight to us that when I speak of peace, I want us to think about how God gives us peace. And true peace comes from God because he's the God of peace. In 1 Thessalonians 5.23, and that's just one of many, it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved and complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is Paul's prayer to them saying, may the God of peace basically keep you. Mm. And look closely here. It says, until the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Remember, Jesus says, I have to go away. Look, look back in John 14, it says, I have to go away, but I'm not going to leave you helpless. Two things in this verse, in these verses, he says he leaves. He says he leaves the what? The Holy Spirit, and he leaves peace. And both of them are gifts. He says, I, I'm going to leave you the gift of the Holy Spirit, and I'm also going to leave you another gift, my peace. And so I, I think to the disciples at this time, that kind of arrested to them that they understood, okay, if he's given us peace, we know what his peace can do. Because the God of peace was with them on that boat, on that stormy seas. And he was so much at peace, he was peacefully asleep while the boat was rocking. Waves were overcoming and says he, was in, he was, had his head on the pillow, knocked out, good rest and sleep. That they wake up, Master, don't you care that we shall perish? And then he gets up and we know what happened, am I right about it? And when he get up, what does he say? And the wind and the waves obey his command. Mm, mm. And so they understood when he says, my peace I give you, he says, oh, that kind of peace? That when the storms were raging and, and, the wind, and the wind was roaring and the waves were crashing us and overwhelming us that we thought we were going to drown and you were able just to say, peace, be still, and we had peace? Mm. So the God of peace, he, he wants to keep us and bring rest in our life. Anybody want some rest in your life? And so in order for us to get this peace, we got to know this God. We have to know the God of peace, the God that gives us peace so that we, at, we are at peace with him. Because you understand, Romans makes it very clear that at one time we were enemies to God. We were hostile. We, we didn't know what to do. We couldn't tell our left from our right. We're living in in, in, in total a rebellion against God, living in this old man, that flesh, our carnal ways in sin. And, and since we had no peace with God, he had to send a mediator to give us peace. Y'all catch that, right? Anybody ever had a fight with somebody that you stopped talking to them? And so there comes a mediator that says, tell so-and-so I'm not talking to them anymore. 
But so-and-so said they're not talking to you anymore. Well, I, I heard them and tell them I don't care what they say. You know, you, you got a media because you don't want to talk to them because you got, you're at odds, you're at enmity. You don't want to communicate one to another. God understood that we had a, a gulf between us that it was hard for us to directly communicate to him that, look, that he set a process up that, all right, I'll give you priests. And priests will make sure that what was broken will be right because what? They will make a sacrifice and, and they will make it sure so and then they will, they will come for you. But yet you did not just only need a priest, but you needed a prophet because you needed to hear a word from me because I couldn't always speak to y'all because y'all was stiff and y'all hard-headed. Y'all did things your own way. That I had to find somebody that I could rest my spirit on that will speak boldly and clearly to you. And, and sometimes y'all didn't like them, so I kept on kind of raise up prophets because y'all kept on killing them. But that's all right. I got to send you a priest. I got to send you a prophet. But that wasn't good enough. Y'all also had to have a king. And look, Christ is the prophet, is the priest, is the king. God himself became the great mediator so that we can have direct access to him. And so no longer do we need to get a priest. We need to get a prophet. We need to get a king. All we got to do is just say Jesus. <laughs> when we call on his name, we are finding out he who became our peace. We find that in Ephesians second chapter. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace. And in this one body to reconcile both to, to them, to God, through the cross. So you see how the God of peace sends the Prince of Peace, found in Isaiah 9 and 6, to make peace. So that we can have peace. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is working in this peace. Go back to John 14. Do you not see it there? We have God of peace. We have the Prince of Peace sending the Holy Spirit to keep our peace. And so think about the next time you feel like saying, y'all about to make me lose my mind. Up in here. Up in here. Start thinking about how you don't have to lose your mind. But he will keep you in perfect peace. Those who keep their minds stay on him. Instead of you having your mind and attitude on what's about to make you lose your mind, put your mind on the one that can help you keep your mind. Mm -mm -mm. Instead of thinking about all the things that bring stress and troubles in your life, start thinking about the one that brings peace. Into your life. You might hear some people say, go to your happy place. Uh, let me tell you where my happy place may be. My happy place is on the hill. <laughs> from which cometh my help. And all my help cometh from the Lord. My, my happy place is when I look at Calvary. I see the cross. And all my sins been washed away. My, my happy place is that at the cross. At the cross where I 
first saw the light, my happy place is knowing that his blood flows to the lowest valley and to the highest mountain. His blood never loses his power. What I want to encourage you that there's going to be some times in your life that you feel like there is no peace. But I want you to understand that the Prince of Peace, the God of Peace, the Holy Spirit is still working, is still moving, is still God. And just keep your mind stayed on him. So when you know the God of peace and you see the Prince of Peace and you find out he'll keep you in peace, then you're going to know peace. Because when you know peace, it means you know God. But if you don't know God, then you don't know peace. That's why you see those, those very clever shirts that says, no God and no peace, but it has N-O, no God. Then it says N-O, no peace. Because without God, we have no peace. But with God, we have peace. Because remember, at one time, we were enemies of the cross. We were subject to God's wrath. But God demonstrated his love towards us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only this, but we also exalt in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. That's Romans 5th chapter, verses 7 through 11. That we have reconciliation. That we are now at one with God. Remember, in the Ephesians says that he took the two and made them one. We were separated. We were in hostile. We were enemies. We were not part of God. But now, through Christ, we become part of the body of God. And so now, if we are a part of God, then we need to act like God. That we need to, we need to seek peace. That's why Jesus teaches us that blessed are the what? The peacemakers, for they are the children of God. That's why we need to flee evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. You find that in, 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 in 2 Timothy, that how we need to pursue peace. Tell your neighbor, pursue peace. When you are pursuing peace, it means this, that you're not looking to pick a fight. Mm. I'm going to spend some time here because some of y'all just, uh, just to turn me off already. <laughs> Understand that when, when we are sowing the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, is joy, is peace. Continue on. It is gentleness. It is kindness. It is self-control. And, and so if I'm sowing the fruit of the Spirit, I should always be looking for reconciliation, looking to make two to become one, looking to gain a brother or a sister and not make an enemy. But oftentimes, instead of looking for peace, we think we are making peace by telling somebody how wrong they are and how wrong they did it, instead of looking how can we make this right. Let me help you out. How? How? This works out in our favor because the Bible makes it clear that there's none righteous before God. And since there's none righteous before God, not one deserves to be in his presence. 
and since not one deserves to be in his presence, then we fall into that part where Paul says, when I want to do good, evil's always right there, oh, wretched man am I. And, and when I think about, oh, wretched man am I, I start thinking about how amazing is his grace. And why is his grace amazing? It saved a wretch like me. And, and when I think about a wretch like me, I think about how there's no good in me. Nothing I can do on my own is good before the Lord. I am not righteous. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I am guilty and doomed for shame. But when I think about his grace and I think about his mercy, I think about how he broke the mold when he died on the cross and made peace. Then I start worrying about how, Lord, no, you can take it over from me. You can have it. You can have my life because nothing on my own I can do it. But with you all things are possible. But with you I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. You give me peace in the middle of the storm. So therefore should I show peace? Because if I'm acting like God then I'm not coming to you to make you feel bad about yourself. But no, I'm coming to lift you up so that we can have peace. If you, you want a good example of peace, I, I, I ask you to go out one day and just go to, like, say, the, to the zoo or Glen Oak Park and, and look at the kids play. And, and you might find a kid get mad at one kid to throw sand at them when they go running away. And they go tell mommy and daddy, like, ten minutes later, they'll come back and say, okay, let's play. It's amazing how, how kids can fight and don't like each other one day, but next day they're like best buddies back outside playing. How is that? Because it's amazing how children at the time don't know how to hold grudges yet. As we get older, we learn how to hold grudges. We start thinking about how I'm going to make you pay back for what you've done to me. But as kids, they, they, they so naive, they don't understand what grudges are. They understand I was just mad at that moment, but I'm not mad anymore. Let's play. And we serve an awesome God. And he says this, that if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And that's because of the peace we have through Jesus Christ. That I'm not going to bring up old stuff. I'm not going to talk about how things used to be. But I want to talk about how I want things to be. And I want us to have peace. And so we should show peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they are the children of God. We should pursue peace in all things. Understanding this, that don't look how you can get ahead of somebody, but look how can I make peace with somebody. Don't look how you can gain for yourself, but look how can I gain this for the kingdom of God. When we understand peace, we become a prisoner of the Lord and we surrender to the spirit that is within us and realize that there's one Lord, one, one faith, one baptism. And we are the sons of God and we are the sons of God and we are co-heirs with the son of God. And therefore we will seek peace. James 3 tells us peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. God desires for us to behave in peace. First Peter shows us, for whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. He must turn from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, 
and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. We are to make every effort in our lives to pursue peace. Make every effort in your life to pursue peace. And when you pursue this peace, you will show the holiness of God in you. Because you are not holy on your own, but by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will make sure fruit is seen in your life. And if you want to sow fruit of the Spirit, well, then you need to sow some love. You need to sow some joy. You need to sow some peace. Gentle kindness and self-control, too. To be continued next Sunday. But while we're on peace, you understand that since the Prince of Peace, who paid your debt on Calvary, defeated death and rose from the grave with all power in his hand, and is now high and lifted at the right hand of his majesty. You said, Lord, how can I now live in peace? Because you gave me peace. How's this work out? Just think back again about the disciples when they were on that boat. And the storm was raging. And the winds were blowing. And yet, look closely here. While they were going through the storm, Jesus was resting. But even more important, I want you to grab there that Jesus was there. And while they were worrying about the storm, wondering were they going to make it, Jesus already knew. How is it Jesus already knew? He said, let us go to the other side. He's already been working. He said, now I'm going to take me some rest. And go to the other side. Now, Cassius, Cassius, he was resting while they were going through the storm. They were scared the storm was going to take them out. Jesus was at peace knowing he's going to make it through the storm. Mm. Some of y'all didn't catch it. Let me help you out. Too many times in our lives we lose peace because we try to be God. We try to control the storm trying to think, if God was God, this storm wouldn't be happening in my life. But I want you to understand that God is God, regardless of the storm that's happening in your life. Look closely. Jesus was still on the boat. And the storm was still affecting them. But yet he was okay because he knew the end result. I want to help some of you out there. Some of you got some storms in your life and you wish the storm was over now. You wish that you could say the storm is passing over. Hallelujah. (laughs) But while you're in the storm, I want you to know that God is still God. He is still exalted. He still has all power in his hands. And if he chooses, he can say, peace, be still. But if he does not say, peace, be still, no, he's still on the boat. And if he's still on the boat, that means the power is still there. And so the peace he gives is not like the peace the world gives. The peace he gives, it transcends all understanding. God keeps you in perfect peace. Those who keep their minds stayed on him. Philippians tells us, do not be anxious for anything, but make all your supplications known to him, and the God of peace will guard your heart and your mind. 
So if you want peace, put your mind on him. Let's pray. Hallelujah.